Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Brad. I mean, nuts again, guys. And tonight on the show, we are talking five things that we would really like to see from Halloween Kills. If you are watching or listening, today is July 5th, 2021. We hope that everybody had a great 4th of July weekend and a great start to the work week. So, uh, Miguel, how the hell you doing, my friend? Doing good. You could say July 5th, but people are going to hear the fireworks outside. So, July 4th. Happy Independence Day. We are. That's why I said if you're listening to this, it's July 5th. But we're recording this on the 4th of July, late into the night. That's but yeah, fair. if you That's if you fair. hear popping behind us, people are still doing fireworks. And let's be real, people are still doing fireworks. Like in the following days after the Fourth of July, because a lot of times people get too drunk and they don't, they still have fireworks left over. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm sorry. So, I don't, this is this is the first year where I didn't buy any fireworks. I'm not gonna lie. Man, fireworks are too expensive. That's my issue with them. Like, I I don't know. I don't I don't mind. I like fireworks. Like they're cool. But they're too expensive. It's yeah, such a money burn. It's just like burning money to blow something up. So I don't know. I'm not really a. It's the exact know. definition of burning money. Yeah, it really is. I, and I mean, I listen. Cool. If you if you enjoy fireworks and you enjoy celebrating that way, it's a sweet deal. I'll watch from a distance. <laughs> I'm not gonna burn my money on it. Um, so five things uh, <laughs> that we're gonna talk about tonight. Um, we're talking five things we want to see from Halloween Kills. Now, uh, these are going to be very broad. They're not going to be what, you know, we want Tommy to die. We want Allison to die. They're way broader than that. Um, we already kind of talked about, we've already established Halloween Kills. is going to be bigger. It's going to be badder. There's going to be more carnage. There's going to be more kills, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I think we think it's going to be incredible. I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> you might think it's going to be crap, but I think it's going to be really, really good. I think it's going to be dope, too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, let's be honest. You know, if you guys have watched the past uh, episode, you guys can tell that, like, that trailer reaction that we did, I was fairly surprised. I'm not going to lie. He was. Um, and we mm-hmm. talked about that in our 27th episode, too. Um, I think it has the potential to be my favorite of the franchise, and I don't say that lightly. Um, but these five things that we're going to talk about are things that we really think are going to push Halloween kills over the edge and really make it pop. Um, but before we get into that whole discussion, did you watch anything good this week? The pressing question of the hour. Boy, it's July 4th. You know good now what I watched today. I watched you watch Independence the most Day? American, American movie ever made, Independence Day. 100%. With Will Smith and all of the other Golden Cast members. In one you hour, you will join Militant. What does he say? Um... In one hour, you would join the the biggest aerial uh, combat mission yeah, in, in the history, history of mankind. mankind. Yeah, that's an awesome movie, yeah. man. I, I love that movie. We actually watched The Sandlot a, today. That was our fourth movie. That's we, fine. We went uh, wholesome. I love the I, I love that movie. I hadn't seen that probably in seven or eight years. It's been a long time since I watched The Sandlot, but it's I'm I'm glad we watched it. Um, it's a solid movie, and hundred yeah. percent. 
I think the sequel to let me just say the sequel to Independence Day trash. I didn't see it. I really wanted to. The fact that Will Smith wasn't in it kind of pissed me off. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, there was it, it kind of did. There's been I don't know what's going on with Will Smith. Maybe you notice that like that's like the second that was like the second sequel that he like just didn't want to do. I don't know. You know what I mean. I don't know. I almost was, wonder if Independence the... Day, and then there was a Suicide Squad. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Will Smith. I bet he will. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably because he's going through some shit with his wife. Have you guys have kept up with that? Oh, God, no, I have not. What's going on with that? Will Smith and his wife. You don't know, like there's like a TV show. There's like a series or whatever, where like they sit around on the table, and they have conversations. And Jada Pickett Smith was like, I think that's her name. Like there was a big thing where like she admits to like cheating on him have you not seen that it's like the no that was like the, not. that's where the whole like uh crying will smith thing came out of remember that no that mean i guess i've been living under a rock i, yeah, I don't been a while. I don't remember this yeah but my man my man is taking it hard because now the new news that came out was uh jada had to uh force tupac from kicking will smith's ass whenever wow. they just started dating and that's on wild wow. shit will smith i i love you to death man but you're taking the most right now i, I, know. I, I love him man i think he's a stand-up guy i really do uh he's, he's a wholesome guy he's definitely one of my favorite actors of all time 100 mm-hmm. he's i don't want to say it, i hate that that's happening to him that's yeah but it's fine hey trust me he, he gets over it real quick Speaking of speaking of actors, you followed the Bill Cosby thing at all? Bro, let me tell you something. When we asked to free someone, it wasn't Bill Cosby. We we wanted to free Britney Spears. Let's be honest. We all I'm sure all of us wanted Britney Spears to be free from her conservation. Yeah, I I don't know. But then the universe just decided, hey, we give you Bill Cosby. And we're like, no, we don't want that. I was watching a thing about the Bill Cosby thing on the news the other night, and it's just, it's not, I don't know if that was the right move. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't know, he's older, I don't know if, he, he'll he probably walk on eggshells for the rest of his life, but the guy was guilty. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but he was. I mean. I'm sure he was. They're. I think they're declaring a mistrial or whatever, but. Come on, guys. We we know good and damn well what this deal was. It was the eighties, and that was like the norm. It just so happens that he was caught, and he deserved to be punished. Was that the norm, though? So, bro, in the eighties, it was such a big thing. Mm. You know what? You know what you need to watch. What you need to watch? Uh, Joe Rogan's next podcast, new podcast with Quentin Tarantino. Whoa! Yep. I need to see that. That's. That's that's been the that's been one of the biggest thing, longest thing I've been watching for a while. And he talked about uh, the whole spiel with uh, do you know the there is another there is another like scandal with like Miramax, like the chairman of Miramax. He did a lot of fucked up shit. And uh, Quentin Tarantino was you know in that studio because yeah. I, I mean it produced like most of his movies at yeah. the time. And he said and I and he said that they gave him a tour of the studio. And it gave him to like, you know, the, cha- the chairman's office. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it was a nice office. But then he said, you want to see what's in the back? And when you open up the back, it's this nice office. But then in the back is a king size bedroom behind his office. That no. Puts it in perspective. Yeah. Dude, I swear. 
I know we we have a show about movies. We love movies. We love Hollywood. But God, Hollywood can be a screwed up place. It's a fucked up place. There are the some. That, that there is... are some. And just like we talked about with Will Smith, there are some stand up people. There are some stand up folks in Hollywood. And I'm not saying that it, it's a it's a small minority, but that small minority. There are some real pits in Hollywood, man, that are just I you don't fall into. Like, I don't as know. in every every type of like situation at hand, there's always gonna be some bad apples in the group. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, when I when I tell you like that back then, that was a norm. I mean, unfortunately, it really was a norm, and it's fucking disgusting the fact that someone has to do that just to make it to the top. And yeah, uh, when when Quentin, when Quentin Tarantino said that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, the fact that bad. that was like, I'm pretty sure that was probably in every single executive's office. Well, that's getting into some Harvey Weinstein crap, you know? Yeah, he mentioned he mentioned talking to Harvey Weinstein about really. It. There's a or lot like, like, of people that have come forward about him. Yeah, well, Quentin Tarantino, he he uh, worked with the, the executive in Miramax, and he also worked with uh, Harvey Weinstein. I think it was on Kill Bill, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he said he he pretty much he pretty much could tell like they were doing some weird ass shit because mm-hmm. they're they're like they're like they're like secretary chasers what he meant what he called them yeah you know it is like it's kind of yeah. like madman madman a little bit where like they you know chase after the innocent they almost prey on their secretaries and again it's not everybody it's not everybody if you have a secretary it's not that and you work in hollywood that doesn't mean you know but they're it it, it happens and it's it sucks it's really crappy um yeah but yeah watch your shit guys yeah you'll you'll get you're gonna get fucked if uh speaking of uh you try that shit speaking of quentin tarantino this just crossed my mind did you see um he i believe he said that he is considering his last film to be kill bill three yeah i don't think so i think and i believe I i believe he mentioned casting uh what's her name Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. her name, um, mm-hmm. and her daughter who played, uh, she was in Stranger Things. Who am I talking about? Wait, what? what's, what's her name? Uh, her daughter was in Stranger Things. She played the 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 new girl, the newer girl. That's that's Jonathan and uh, yeah, that's her daughter. Oh shit! That's, that's her dope. and uh, who? I gotta look this up. As I knock my mic down, uh, whose daughter is she? It's Uma Thurman and someone else. Her daughter. No, who's her husband? Well, oh, Ethan the... Hawk. Ethan Hawk. Okay. Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk had a daughter, and her name is Maya. That's right. I'm an idiot, and she is in Stranger Things. Well, Quentin Tarantino said he is considering uh, his last movie to be Kill Bill Three, and that he would cast Uma Thurman and Maya Hawke in it as well. That makes no sense. I know. I was never a big Kill Bill guy. I don't know how they would do that, but still, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's the movie I'd go out with for him, though. I mean, like he's done so many good ones. But yeah, I just, it makes no I sense to. I, I feel like that's no sense to continue it. Out of all the movies he's done, I feel like that's kind of at this point of like where we are currently. I feel like that's kind of low on the totem pole for for Quentin right now. But I don't know. It is. I don't know. He almost wrote Halloween Six. I don't even know what Halloween Six. I don't know what the story's about. I know you haven't seen 
that that's next to, to catch you up on the original sequels. Um, but yeah, he almost wrote the sixth one, and it was going to be wild. That wild, but yeah, um, I mean he's 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 made some pretty gory shit. I mean yeah. the worst one I can think of is uh, what's it called? It has Kurt Russell in it. He drives like he's like a serial killer in a car. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think it's no. If if you guys know what I'm talking about, like please, like speak up. I don't know which one you're talking about. Um, anyways, I watched. uh, I watched. Well, I finished Breaking Bad this week. Finished the series, Mm -hmm. and actually tonight, I just watched El Camino. And I feel like there's a little hole deep in my heart that I can't fill. <laughs> um, so I, it, it was a good ending. I liked the ending. It's just like, I don't know. When I when I finish a show, I always feel like there's a little bit of a void <laughs> in my life for about a month. And then I get over it. But man, Breaking Bad. I, I, have a, I actually have a poster on the way. Um, and uh, I have a Breaking Bad poster on the way. And I just looked up. There's a collector's edition um box set of all six seasons and a collector's edition of el camino and i'm seriously considering buy it and it would probably be about a 90 buck it'd probably be about it might be 100 bucks for shipping but it's a it's such a good series man if you if you guys have watched breaking bad you know what i'm talking about it's incredible i mean miguel i i've got three or four walking dead posters in here you know how much of a walking dead guy i am and breaking bad may be the superior amc show to the walking dead damn i didn't even know i didn't even know el camino was a movie you guys kept talking yep. you kept talking about it and i was like I yeah what you're they did a sequel about like what happens to jesse after after the show ends and it was very good i i i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it um yeah so it was i i really liked it uh we also started the sopranos again which uh italian because of that prequel that's coming out yeah i which looks phenomenal um but I've I've wanted to rewatch The Sopranos. When I was little, I remember it always being on at my grandparents' house, um, and just I I just remember like seeing it on when I was a kid. And I've always wanted to like actually sit down and do a run through. Now that I'm old enough to appreciate it, mm-hmm. and like appreciate like what they're saying and what's going on, so I'm, I'll probably stick with that one. I don't know if Julia's going to get into it, but I I'm. I want to watch it, so that'll probably be my thing. I did restart The Walking Dead, but that's going to be a slow burn. <laughs> I'm not just going to sit and binge it. I'm just going to go like a few episodes a week. But um, so let's talk some Halloween kills. You good with that? Let's do it. Let's get into our main, our main shiznit. The main event of the evening. Um, so as we said before, uh, this list we compiled is very broad. It's not very specific. Um, but all of these things kind of correlate and play off of each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, again, we just think that these are five things that if if Halloween Kills can achieve this, it'll send it to the moon. To um, the moon. To the moon. Uh, also, to reiterate this, we have not read the leak script. We know about the flashback. We knew. We know about Loomis. We know about the surface level kind of things of what to expect. But overall, we don't know the hardcore specifics. Um, so, with that being said, but yeah. If you guys if don't you be guys throwing spoilers in the comments. Read, okay, I'm about to say. I, well, don't throw spoilers. But 
if you've read the leak comments, just tell us if we're hot or cold as to what's what we hope to see. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I know there is a, um, I actually accidentally joined it and then I had to click off of that thing. Uh, there is a, out of the, the admins over at the Halloween fans, Facebook group, there's quite a few different Mm -hmm. Halloween fan groups on Facebook. Um, but the the admins made a spoil a Halloween kills spoiler group. So if you have read the leak script, you can talk about it with those people in there. Um, luckily, when I accidentally joined before I realized what it was, uh, I there there were there weren't that many people in there, and uh, I just I don't know I I hopped out of there. I left it because I really don't. I don't want the movie spoiled for me. Uh, like I'm fine with knowing that there's a Loomis cameo. I'm fine with knowing about the flashback. I'm like, I, there, there are certain things I'm okay with knowing, but I don't want to know which characters die, you know? And I know the trailer kind of gave some of that away, but it didn't give any big ones away. You know, we don't know about Tommy. We don't know about Lindsay. We don't know about Karen and Allison. Although I have my, I have my guesses on who's the most likely to go um, as I'm sure you do. And as I'm sure everybody does, but First thing, uh, first thing I wanted to talk about. So last week we uh, we released a video clip. I believe it was on Tuesday. Tuesday maybe I don't know. Um, yeah. We were talking about the fact that the 2018 Myers is so much more brutal than the 1978 Myers, and that we felt like it kind of posed an interesting question: Has Michael Myers evolved from his 21? 21- from his 21 year old self to his 60 year old self in 2018 now obviously i don't literally mean like has he physically or like literally or physically evolved has he like changed has he gained more muscle mass and become hulkish or whatever uh i I just mean in the mystery the nature of the character has that changed has he become a darker more intense version of himself and a more significant presence than he already was. Um, Like, you know, basically, is this the version that Dr. Loomis was so afraid of? Is this what he was trying to prevent? And I think that's a pretty fair question, don't you? Yeah, so like, so like, what, wait, explain that further. Like, what, what kind of Michael are you expecting to see here? Well, I mean, it's gonna be brutal. We we know that. In terms of his age. Like what? What significance does his age play in this? Like, what do you expect? Well, okay. So in in the trailer, we we talked about the the line where Laurie says, you know, the more he kills, the more he transcends. Um, and I kind of brought it up last week a little bit, but I wanted to expand on it more because I felt like it's it's almost kind of crazy to equate nineteen seventy eight Myers to two thousand eighteen Myers because you would think the twenty one year old version of him would be more physically able to do some of the things mm-hmm. like to do more to be more brutal and then you know typically as you get older you get weaker you get you know you you can't do the same and i know there are some jacked 60 year olds out there uh but typically when the older you get the less you can do um but this version of michael almost seems to have flipped that um the 60 year old Michael that we are about to see in Halloween kills is almost, I mean, 10 times more brutal than what we saw originally. Um, I mean, you know, look at the first film, 
Michael kills Annie, he kills Linda, he kills Bob, which is possibly the most iconic kill of the entire franchise, when he lifts him up and, like, pins him to the wall with the knife. Uh, he killed Judith, obviously, when he was a kid. That was his first kill. Uh, there's the dog. <laughs> there's Lester. <laughs> Annie's poor dog that he strangles in the OG. Uh, uh spoiler alert. And I know. And obviously there's the, uh, spoiler, what the hell are you talking about? These people have seen the original Halloween. I haven't. Yeah, you have in a while, but mm-hmm. uh, there's the guy Loomis finds on the side of the road. But none of the deaths, with the exception of Bob, are really that brutal. I mean, nothing, it's nothing like we're seeing in Kills. I mean, he doesn't take a, the axe paladin thing and lift somebody up. He doesn't, um, it's, it seems more brutal and it almost seems like it's defying uh what somebody could physically do at that age. Um, that might sound a little insensitive to say that his his kills in 1978 weren't as brutal as then. Obviously, he's killing people. Um, but so, so that's kind of what I mean. It seems like the 2018 version of him is more physically able and physically fit to do crazier kills and to do crazier things and survive crazier... Uh, scenarios than the original version of him could. It's 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 kind of strange, you know, and it feeds into the mystery and the mystique of him. How is a sixty-year-old man? A, how did he survive the fire? B, the homeboy's been shot, stabbed, punched. I mean, he's been almost burned alive at this point. He's taken his toll of of a beating as well, you know, and he's still just kicking like nothing's going on. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you have any thoughts uh, just kind of before we even dive in further, do you have any thoughts on, you know, uh, how is this even possible or is it, are we not supposed to understand how it's possible? I mean, whenever I saw this trailer, I mean, I was more, uh, more intrigued with how he was able to like, still be this killing machine despite his age because like in my head i was hoping on him just being like you know i was kind of hoping on him like showing his age you know what i mean yeah like show that he is a 62 year old man so like most of the stuff he can do is like not really all that well but yeah instead at the beginning like before i even saw his trailer i was expecting us to see a old man michael like actually show like his age coming but I think we're just moving way past that and we're going into the mystery and mythology of Michael Myers because, I mean, this guy's obviously way more stronger than what he was in yeah. the first Halloween movie. So, like, I, it's it's interesting. To, it's going to be interesting to see how they play off the lore of Michael Myers. Right. Because in our eyes, we've seen him in, like, a multitude of movies and the town's eyes in the movie they've only seen him what twice now yeah. at this point it was the initial one and then there was and tonight return yeah. right now yeah so it's gonna be like they don't they don't know anything about this man except the fact that he's been around for this long and he's still just as much as a killing machine right so it's like and i'm sure sure there's been plenty of like you know I'm thinking within the universe of this movie. Like, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of like horror stories, ghost stories, supernatural stories uh, about. It's Michael been a. Myers, le- so he's like, a legend at this point, you know. Yeah, because of what he's happened. Became, he's became a legend. So knowing that this, uh, um, 
human being or just supernatural human being is back out into the wild. I mean, the sky's the limit to what these people think he can do. You know know. what I mean? Well, and you also have to think too, though, you know, as a person, you know, there's two ways they could think about this. Like you said, they could be like, holy crap, something's really wrong here. Or they could get cocky mob mentality. Mm -hmm. They get cocky and Mm -hmm. they're like, 60 year old man, like, he can't take all of us i want to see that you know what i mean i want to see someone Uh, say that and again you know you you mentioned this last week and i I loved it and we're going to talk about this a a little further into the night too we're just getting started uh where you know you the the idea of fear spreading um i mean the they probably do start off cocky they're like we can take this guy like the 60 year old man we got this like he can't take us all on but when they start losing and they start finding more and more and more of the town Bodies. gone, it's just like, what the, what? <laughs> like, how is it? This doesn't make any sense. Um, I kind of equate the, here, here's my train of thought. When Lori says the more he kills, the more he transcends. Uh, there's a point that Lori is trying to make. She's trying to emphasize the same thing that Dr. Loomis was when he was talking to Brackett in the original movie. You know, when Loomis is sitting in the Myers house and he says, I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left. Uh, no reason, no conscience, no understanding, even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, blah, 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 blah. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face with the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, like yada, yada, yada. Loomis is trying to be like, yo, because Brackett doesn't really believe him. He's like, there is something wrong. Like, there, this is not a normal, this is not your normal everyday dude. Something is like really wrong with him. Like, there is a supernatural edge to him that I can't explain. I can't reach him. He's silent. He doesn't talk. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He's just, he just exists. Um, and he's, there, he's trying to say there's nothing remotely left human in him. He is a shape. He's the shape. He is a living, breathing shell of a human being. Um, so Laurie's saying that makes sense. And I think every character has a natural evolution. And yes, even Michael Myers does, because I'm sure there are some people that would disagree with me on that. Um, but the question here is, is this a massive shift in who the character is? Or... Is it just uh, the the natural progression and the natural evolution of his character? Uh, I think it's not a massive shift. I think, uh, you know, basically this is a continuation. This is the next step in his evolution. Laurie saying that because Laurie is obviously taking on the Dr. Loomis role here. She is that Laurie saying the more he kills, the more he transcends is a continuation of what Loomis said in 1978. Would you agree? I would agree. I, I think that's that, that's kind of how I've played it up in my mind. I think it's a really interesting conversation to have because I know a lot of people kind of think about this differently. Um, and I mean, obviously, you can't take it quite as literally as this, but it's almost if Laurie is saying the more he kills, the more supernatural he becomes. It's like the more he defies logic and defies death, you know? Um, the it's, like, it's, like a suck, it's like a sucky this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like he, he takes more energy from those from his victims. Yeah, and the more he takes, the more powerful he becomes. It feeds him. 
Like it feeds mm-hmm. his anger. It feeds whatever it is that drives him. And of course, we can't know what it is with, that drives him. That's the whole point is you have no idea why. Uh, whatever it is that drives him is fed when he's like the more he does this, the more it feeds that. Um, it's like throwing gasoline on the fire. Uh, you know, I feel like the that the evolution of his character within this new trilogy and within this timeline uh, is about the mystery. It's about the mystery surrounding him. It's a 60 year old man and it makes absolutely no sense that he can pick a dude up with an axe and bust glass with his bare hands and survive being shot and stabbed and everything in between. But it furthers the mystery. It's the secret that we can't figure out, and that's why he's so scary. Um, that's why he, I think he's always going to be scarier than Freddier and Jason. Freddier? Freddier? Scarier than Freddier? Uh, I think that's why he's going to be scarier than Freddy, because uh, there, there's a realness to him. There's We don't understand him. You understand why Freddy does what he does. You understand why Jason does what he does. You kind of understand why Leatherface does what he does. He, he, Darth Vader, Thanos, you understand why they're doing what they're doing. Him, there's no motive. There's no clear reasoning as to why he does it. Now in Halloween Kills, maybe part of the shift of an evolution of his character, maybe we kind of solve the puzzle, like not really solve the puzzle, I guess, overall, but the fact that Laurie tried to burn him in the house, he's pissed. <laughs> like at this point, he is pissed. I think I think it's safe to say that. Um, and I mean, you may disagree with me, but I think at this point in the night, in the first film, maybe not. I don't think he was specifically going after her. And this, and this film, which is literally minutes later, I think he's pissed. He's going after her. He is purposely trying to find her. And again, haven't read the script. I could be completely wrong. Um, but that's just kind of well, that's my train of thought. You notice that uh, Laurie just does like in the trailer. It shows that shows Laurie and Michael just don't meet in the trailer. Like they have not. They really don't face to face. And I kind of it don't mainly, expect it them mainly to. the daughter and the and the and their granddaughter. Yeah. I mean, so you're not expecting Laurie and Michael to meet up at this this movie? No. And I we'll talk about why. I told you all of this is connected. Every single like point mm-hmm. we have um, is they kind of inter interloop with each other. I don't expect Lori and Michael to have really any interaction, if any, in this movie. I think if it were me, if I was writing the script, I would save that for Halloween Ends because this is, how do I put it? I don't know. This is the this is the Infinity War chapter of of this new trilogy. Like it wouldn't have made sense for all of the Avengers to come together in Infinity War because then where you go. Uh, it, I feel like it wouldn't make sense because in the end, at least in my mind, it has to come down between Michael and Laurie. Like you can throw the, the US military if you want at him, but it's not going to be meaningful unless it's Laurie and Michael, unless it's the two of them going head to toe because that's the whole purpose. The tagline of the 2018 film was, uh, what was it? Uh, fight your fate. No, something about fate, fate. but that's the whole, yeah, that's the whole, I mean, even look back to in the original film hurt when, you know, Lori looks out the window and he's like watching her from the car out front and school, her teacher's talking about fate. I mean, fate is 
the whole deal with her character. That's part of her, um, part of the story for her character. And I feel like her fate is to die killing Michael. I think they are going, they need to die killing each other. Um, so yeah, I feel like this should not be, Lori shouldn't be the focus of uh of halloween kills and actually let let's talk about that a little bit i'm glad you said that because um i think the focus this is my second point here the focus of halloween kills needs to be on haddonfield on our secondary characters if you will and their response um evil dies tonight the tagline for halloween kills it's going to be really important to the trailer, but also after looking into it, I think it's got a bigger meaning for the overall plot and the direction of the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, you it think first... you... I was going to say, so you think like, I don't want to like jump ahead, but you think this okay. movie is obviously just going to be about Hattonfield against versus Michael. I do. I think like, this it could is almost gonna... be a Michael Myers versus Hattonfield titled movie. Like, you could honestly just put that title right there. Uh, yeah. Sense. I think it needs to be. I think this needs to be the this needs to be where it hits the fan, like hard. Mm-hmm. Like the the train comes grinding to a stop. Like there's a problem. Um, you know, at first pass when Lori says evil dies tonight in the trailer, when you know her and Karen are sitting in the room, uh, I think it's it, it reflects her anger. It reflects her frustration. And it emphasizes the fact that she means business. She's like, this is happening. Like, we're killing him tonight. Um, and that she's going to do anything and everything in her power to ensure, like she says, that Karen and Allison don't have to keep running. His rampage is over tonight. But if you dig a little bit deeper, I feel like there's a little bit more to that line. Um, and a few days ago, I may have tagged you, I don't know, on a Halloween kills uh, or a Halloween fan group. Um, honestly, I don't even remember which one it was. Uh but I saw this and I wanted to talk about it because there's still some discussion on what exactly the crowd is chanting outside of the hospital in the trailer. Um, we both agreed. I think they're saying evil dies tonight, right? Would you yeah. agree with that? I agree. Uh, and obviously the mob and the whole mob mentality is going to play a huge role because the working title was mob rules and blah, 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 blah. We're fairly certain that they are chanting evil dies tonight. Um, and I find it interesting that Lori says that verbatim in the hospital to Karen and coincidentally, not only is the crowd chanting that, but that's kind of the, the, uh, the theme, the, the theme of this movie or the, uh, what am I trying to say? The phrase, the, the slang, the term, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's coincident. Um, mm-hmm. And again, we haven't read the leaked script, uh, but my guess is that Lori is going to have a brave heart. This is Sparta moment with the crowd where she inspires them to fight back against Michael. A call to arms. It's her way of ensuring that he will die tonight. He Again, that's part of her doing everything in her power. Even though she's injured, she just came out of surgery probably. Um, you know, she probably figures if she can get other people to fight with her, her odds are better. If you can get mm-hmm. uh, her plus her family, plus the survivors of the original night in 78, plus the cops, plus armed civilians, 
if everybody can rise up, you know, your rednecks with guns, it's the 4th of July, America. Uh, if you can get all of that rolling, there's no way he can win. Um, and again, when you read the updated synopsis, it makes sense. Um, because the synopsis part of it says, as Lori fights her pain and prepares to defend herself against him, she inspired us all of Haddonfield to rise up against their unstoppable monster. The Strode women join a group of other survivals of Michael's survivors of Michael's first rampage who decide to take matters into their own hands, forming a vigilante mob that sets out to hunt Michael down once and for all evil dies tonight. So again, there's evil dies tonight again. I think the focus of this thing needs to be on the people of the mob. It needs to be on Karen and Allison and Tommy and Lindsay and Marion and Lonnie and everybody from the original movie fighting with the mob. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you I agree? Can agree? I would agree. And that's honestly the reason why I'm hyped for this movie because it's honestly like what I would imagine a, situ- a situation like this would occur. Like if there was a serial killer out there and about and it's just been causing such a ruckus I mean, you would expect like the people of that town to come together. There right. is a hmm. Hmm. There is a this reminds me of a unsolved mystery episode of this gentleman who is just he, he's he's well known. It's I think it was like in the eighties. He's a well known uh, individual in a town, and he's just a he's infamously known in that town to just cause hell for the entire community like yeah. if you read up on his uh activities he just he was just a terrible human being and it got to the point where there was a city hall a town hall just to figure out how do we put this man how do we really? stop this man from continuing wow. to terrorize the city yeah that, and, that uh, actually sounds pretty similar <laughs> yeah, except yeah, this is going to be a little more on the spot <laughs> yeah it's going to be a little more on the spot obviously the case like at the end like i'll tell you the way the case goes like obviously you know town hall leaves and everyone's already pissed off and there's like a mob going to the nearby bar where this gentleman's at and they and one of the individuals shoots him and you know kills him on the spot and the reason why it's unsolved is because the killer was never caught in front of 30 or 40 people this man killed this infamously terrorizing gentleman of that town and yet nobody knows who did it so that's why it's an unsolved wow. murder yeah but it, it pretty much it's, it's it's pretty much the same thing as what we're going to be seeing right now it's basically the town right. saying we're tired of this we're tired of this serial killer we're tired of him terrorizing us and killing so many people so we're just going to come together and yeah go for it and just hunt this man down this happened once before it's happening again it stops here mm-hmm. Yeah, it stops here. Yep. Yeah, I, you there's know no, what else I find no third time to charm here. Yeah, you know what else I find really interesting. What? And I'm just kind of thinking about this now. I find it really emph- interesting that they emphasize the survivors of the 1978 night he came home, uh, mm-hmm. because again, if you're focusing on the mob and you're focusing on the people of Haddonfield, obviously the people that ran into him originally are going to have more emotional investment in that than, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey Ron. Yeah. Do you remember that, that murder that happened like 40 years ago? Well, he's back. Uh, you got any guns? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we're going to meet at the hospital. Uh, 
lock the kids in the basement and uh, we'll see you there. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> what would you, I'm sorry. What would you do if your neighbor called you and was like, do you remember that guy? He broke out like 40 years ago. Yeah, he's back. There, there's a mob, but there's a mob. You want to go? We're going to hunt this evil down. You want to go? Let's go. Let's do it. It's like it's like the town. It's like the that scene in the town where Ben Affleck goes up to Jeremy Renner, who's like, "I need your help. You can't ask. You can't ask me about it. You can't talk to me about it later on in the future. And we're gonna need your car. <laughs> and there's no more questions. And we're gonna hurt some people. And then, or I I fucked up that line. I'm sorry, guys. I really did. But nevertheless, nevertheless, after Ben Affleck made that <laughs> made that request, Jeremy Renner just sitting there like this. He's just like. So whose car are we taking? Like it's just it's just straight up war. Just I'm ready for action. You hang up the phone. Guys. We'll be there. We'll be there in ten minutes. Hey kids, you want to go to Disney World? Because we're getting out of here. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, not exactly. staying here. Mm-hmm. I would have. I, I don't know. I would have much rather had people just. Well, I don't know. It would have made sense if there were some some of some of the survivors. They're just like, no, we're not doing that. We're not. We're not helping. We're getting the fuck out of town. You'd have an it's me Billy would, moment. Be... Hangs up the phone. We're getting out. We're, we're getting leaving. out. Yeah. We're not doing this. We're leaving. Getting the fuck out. But <laughs> there's the difference is the difference is obviously is the fact that like I mean we know where he's at, we know what he's doing, so we just gotta go down there and stop him. It's like it's like saying it's like saying, Hey Brad, there's a there's like three deers outside. Let's go hunting. It's like, okay, yeah. fine. We're going hunting. Straight up. Or it's just something like that. It's like it's pretty simple. Like, hey, yeah. there's this crazy bear outside. We gotta take him out. So this bear's got I could rabies. Totally see that. <laughs> this bear's got um, rabies and it's fucking shit out. But anyways, jokes aside, uh obviously the the, the survivors of the nineteen seventy-eight attack are gonna have more trauma, they're gonna have more memory, they're gonna have more of an emotional pull to do this. Um, you know, chaos, fear rising up. The spreading of fear and misinformation amongst a whole group of people, especially in the modern mm. age with with your phone. Mm. Yeah. And David Gordon Green said that this movie is largely about fear spreading amongst people and how misinformation spreads and, you know, the mob mentality of like, I mean, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know how people are. I mean, look at they just get they get headstrong. And like you said earlier, they get cocky and they're like, oh, we're going to take this guy down. And then it's like, oh. Oh, mm-hmm. what's going on? I'll what does that die? I will die if there's like guys. We got to get a Facebook group. We're going right now. <laughs> Everyone invited whoever's in there, and then like everyone's like looking through their phones, be like, okay, it's uh, Jeremy said that he's in the park, uh, but Tommy said that he's over there at the shopping mall. But uh, blah, 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 blah. oh my god, I would fucking die. Yeah, if that's how it would be, that'd be hilarious. Well, it's be funny. Hilarious. I I think it's in. Is it in? Is it in Halloween 1 or is it in Halloween 2? At one point, uh, when Loomis finally, like, convinces Brackett that, like, something is really wrong and that, like, he needs to be afraid of this, uh, mm-hmm. Brackett is like, so what do we do? And he's like, well, I'm going to call it in or whatever, and he's going to, like, tell the rest of the force. And Loomis is like, no. <laughs> Loomis is like, don't do that. He was like, if you tell people, they're going to see him in every house and on every street corner. And they're, you know what I mean? It's going to be chaos at that point. It's People are going to think they see him everywhere because it's Halloween. Everybody's dressed up. Everybody's wearing a mask. Everybody's out partying and getting drunk and getting high and, you know, trick-or-treating and stuff. I mean, that's Halloween's what people do. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
that again, it's just kind of a fun parallel for what this is going to be compared to the original because Loomis was trying to stop the misinformation. He was trying to like nip it in the bud before it became something really bad. And this is that like the, the cops and Lori, like they're, well, I don't know. Lori might not, not want to nip it in the bud. She probably wants this to happen so that she's got an army, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, and again, that thing you said a couple shows ago, maybe in our reaction, I don't know, about, you know, the angry mob. Uh, I mean, they look pissed. They look angry. They look like they're not going to let anything get in their way to take him down. And when, mm-hmm. you know, when you had said about, uh, like it, everything is serious and you're all gung ho and ready to go until, you know, you have all these people against one person, one old person, and you're still losing. And that's scary. Like, that's kind of like, what's going on? Like, how is this even possible? Again, kind of exactly. goes back to what we were talking about. Um, and again, I think a lot of these people don't really understand the gravity of the situation, but the people that have interacted with him, Tommy and Lindsay, obviously they were kids. We don't really know what they remember, but Tommy and Lindsay have interacted with him. Lori's definitely interacted with him. At this point, Karen and Allison have had run-ins with him. I mean, they, Marion, people like that have all been around him. They know what he can do. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. Do you think that Lori will see people in the mob as like collateral damage? <laughs> <laughs> i could see that i, could I know see i mean like, i don't think she's gonna be like, be like she like robert morgan just check the house she might he might be in there but why and what if, if we die shouldn't we, know. shouldn't we all go in what if he's just go in the house just go check the house yeah, that's all that's house. your only job um i don't i don't know i, I totally see that who knows honestly it would be a really good angle if a lot of them do die maybe she feels guilt and maybe that's part of her her character arc going into Halloween Ends. Because again, I think Halloween Ends needs to be Laurie versus Michael. Like I wholeheartedly, I think that needs to be like the focus of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe she's, I, I think Laurie's got every intention of going after him herself, but maybe she's trying to let them soften him up a little. <laughs> maybe they'll injure him a little bit and maybe die along the way, but then I'll go, you know, by the time I get to him, he'll be softened up a little bit and I can kill him. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting thought. But again, I think the focus of Halloween kills should be on, uh, you know, should be on the the people uh, of Haddonfield, the mob, and kind of our secondary slash returning characters from 1978. Um, we know the movie is going to feel bigger. It's going to feel better. And if you're going to make a movie feel larger, if you're going to make a film larger, uh, you got to make the story seem broader. And the soundscape has to reflect that, uh, which kind of brings me to my next point here. And there are multiple points in the Halloween Kills trailer where we hear uh, the Halloween theme on a cello, on strings. And I have said for years that I would love to see a Halloween film take on the orchestral thing and play around in that soundscape a little bit. And you can still have nods to the original piano-based, keyboard-based, like, synth stuff, and even use it for certain moments, but it'd be amazing to see that come to fruition. Would you, would you agree like you with want, that? You want, you, want the, you want the climactic, like, 
uh, moment to have like the main theme, but in like a more grander, grander score other than the piano and synth. Yeah, it's got to, if the movie's going to feel bigger, if you're writing a bigger script with a bigger idea, and if it's going to be on a, if it's going to be broader on a broader scale, the score, the music has to reflect that. Um, and many, if you're a listener, you know, I'm a music guy. I've got a music degree. I went the education route and I, I'm a teacher, but sounds my thing. Miguel was even a music person for a long time. You still are. I still consider you a music person. That ended within a year. What? I said that ended within a year. <laughs> um, but I do, but yeah, I, I, I am, I do get the, I do get the whole, um, thing with the whole music and how it affects movies in general like i'm a big uh believer in the score has to complement the movie and there i've seen movies where the score really takes away from it and that's a real shame but i Mm -hmm. I will um uh recognize movies that actually utilize the use of their score to enhance the story right so and in regards to like Michael Myers scene, even though I've never been like a Michael Myers fan to begin with, I mean, we all knew what Michael Myers is. Um, oh, it's like, was. it's iconic. Like, as it's soon iconic. As, yeah, as soon as, as soon as you hear it, you know Michael Myers scene. That's yeah. immediately on the spot. Right. So I think throughout uh, all the other sequels, there really hasn't been much change to that degree of yeah. how they used it to enhance the story. You know what I mean? Right. Halloween like H2O Halloween H2O came the closest. It did have an orchestral thing going. Um, it wasn't, I didn't like some of the choices that the composer made. I'm not sure who, I forget uh, who arranged that. But again, the story's got to be, if the story's larger, the score's got to be larger. And John Carpenter uh, Daniel Davies, Cody Carpenter, they're they are more than capable of doing it. But if it's done right, you shouldn't even notice it. You know, if it's done right in the moment, you shouldn't even notice. I loved a lot of the liberties that they took with the score in the 2018 version. Um, like, like the shape burns is a perfect example. Well, the, the It's the Halloween theme that's playing at the end when the house is burning and he's trapped. Um, but it's like, it's the same theme, but it's got different harmonies. It's got different chords underneath. Uh, and I'm gonna flex my my music teacher skills a little bit. I got my keyboard sitting here because I wanted to I wanted to bring this up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's important. Uh, the way that you make a musical idea sound bigger is in the orchestration, or it's in like the combination of instruments uh, that you have to use for that theme or whatever uh, and that idea. Um, I mean, Miguel, brother, if you got anything to add, chime in. All right. With the uh music theory of this fucking movie i got yeah. no clue i mean i'm awesome. not going into music theory but i thought it'd be a cool way to just demonstrate well, demonstrate what i was talking about here well you demonstrated for us buddy and i'll comment on it well, i mean i agree with you all heartily the fact that uh the the and the trailer we can tell immediately that the score is going to be much bigger than yeah. uh previous uh installments 100 percent. Right. and and i love that it was one of the things that jumped out at me with this trailer is i was like oh i was like oh <laughs> kind of knocked me down yeah. a little bit i was like that's pretty dope obviously mm-hmm. you got the halloween theme obviously everybody knows that duh mm-hmm. uh but the interesting thing is a lot of times uh 
you hear it on a cello. And it just does it in little tidbits at first, and then towards the end of the trailer, it gets uh, it gets a little bit thicker. It's more you know, it's more robust. It's a more emphasized in there. Uh, that sounds the, that sounded Celtic for a minute. Yeah, maybe. And of course, <laughs> really I'm playing did. it on a keyboard. I mean, it's it's not perfect. Uh, yeah. I will say though, a lot of times, man, they don't even hire real people to do this stuff anymore because there are there are computerized sounds that are so real sounding. I mean, I guarantee you half of, maybe even more than half of the Hollywood scores that you hear these days are computerized. It's not real people. Because it, it's one per, it's one or two people versus paying an entire orchestra. It's cheaper. Um, the cello is a gorgeous instrument, man. Deep, rich sound. Uh, it conveys emotion really, really well. And I'm really glad that they used that with the theme. Um, now, you put that same Halloween theme with a full orchestra, if you orchestrate it that way and you add in all of these different instruments and you spread it out that way, I mean, uh, it's... It's pretty crazy. I'm not a pianist, so that probably sounded like garbage. But you get the idea. It sounds bigger. It sounds, uh, again, you're making the story sound bigger. The 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 score has to reflect that the sound and the soundscape has to reflect that now there's a moment closer to the end where uh you get kind of the baseline to the theme you get that same thing but this time uh it's in uh, a full brass section it's when it, it's when michael goes to stab allison and he well she goes to stab him and he like grabs her hand and like turns it towards her when she's screaming do it do it do it or whatever uh and then obviously karen's standing behind him with the mask or whatever and we have no idea what happens there but i'm very intrigued uh but it sounds huge it's that same bass line but you put it in the brass and you put it in the brass section so all your uh, your your tubas, your trombones, your all, anything with a low sound, your horns, stuff like that, and it's all in unison, meaning they're all on the same note, and it sounds huge. I don't know if you mm -hmm. even noticed that. And that's as soon as like he goes to stab Allison. It's dope. Uh, it's really really cool. Um, so that was obviously that I'm going to stop there with the keyboard thing, but that was, I, I wanted to kind of demonstrate that a little bit. And I thought it was really important to bring this up because if you are going again, I've said it like four times now, if you're going to make the story bigger, you have to emphasize that with the score, the music has to sound bigger, the sounds you're using, uh, it has to sound larger, broader. It has to, it has to match what you're seeing on screen. Um, anything you want to add to that really? Well, I was just going to say that not a lot of people really know like how important the score yeah. and the sound effects matters to yeah. the whole movie going experience. Like it matters a lot just because just take a take, for instance, uh, the movie that I think really puts into play was The Quiet Place because oh, that, that movie right yeah. there was primarily it was the main focus was about sound and like you could feel your presence within the movie. But yeah. that's just to get you more involved in the movie. That's just to get you more delved into it. Right. I think the reason where it, I think how that can connect with Michael 
Myers in Halloween, it's supposed to put you in the in the same fear that the actors are experiencing right now. Because when you think about it, like the Halloween theme is obviously something to put fear within you. When you hear that, it's like you get some sort of PTSD of like how scared you were in the first movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just imagine imagine hearing that but at a grander scale so it's, for sure it's inducing fear tenfold within you so yes. and you can feel the music like rumble within you i'm pretty sure if we were to see this in imax my god john what john carpenter is going to do to us is going to rivel our rivel our pants and rivel our balls or something like that yeah. i'm just saying it, like it's gonna it's, it's really gonna affect the audience members tremendously yeah and again if it's done really really well it's something that most people probably wouldn't even notice. It would just, it would be part of your experience and what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it plays a huge role. I mean, you have a one piano versus the equivalent of 40 people playing the same thing in unison as loud as they possibly can. I mean, it's just, it, it it's, it's incomparable really. Uh, mm-hmm. So the sound is going to play a huge role in what we see from the film itself. Uh, Last thing I wanted to touch on, and we kind of briefly touched on this a little bit, but uh, we kind of thought it would be, it was important to go into a little further detail. Uh, Actual stakes involved in our character's actions. Now, what what does he mean? What do I mean by that? Um, I really mean this for Laurie and Allison since there are main two. Um, obviously, Laurie's got motive for wanting Myers dead. I mean, duh. he attacked her in 78. He's killed her friends. He caused her the PTSD and the trauma throughout her entire life. I mean, like that she's, you know, she's ready. She's willing to die if it means she kills him. Um, and now that he's killed Ray. Whatever uh, it takes. I swear to God. <laughs> whatever it takes. If, if, I, if I hear whatever it takes at all in this movie. I'm calling Kevin Feige immediately be like, sue them. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, Kevin Feige, you gotta sue him. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry, Halloween fans, but they're getting sued. If I hear whatever yeah. it takes. Oh my God. But yeah, talking about the weight of the film. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be heavy. 100%. It is, and I, I hope that it feels heavy uh, based on the actions that our characters take, take and based on who dies, based on the chain of events, I hope that it feels heavier than Halloween 2018 did. Um, yeah, because I, I'll, I'll, I'll put this input because I hope we feel the weight of each character. How I hope we see we get to see the different types of weight it carries on every single individual within yes, the movie, yes. the main characters, obviously, because as you can see, it's affected Lori uh a certain way it's affecting tommy a certain way and it's affecting the others in a certain way i want to see the level of uh weight that this holds on each individual because right, that will give right. each act character in this movie uh what's it called it's different or like it's more significance within each character yeah like i want to see that i want to see like I want to see their decisions be based on how much weight they carry with the trauma. And well, and also how I mean. much their decisions impact how much their decisions impact the future 
and impact, you know, what, what happens and how they feel later on down the road. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the question is, how will the events of Halloween Kills change whatever characters that do survive, change their, their weight in Halloween ends? Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we can't really answer that question until we see Halloween Kills, but if the returning characters that Lori has an emotional connection to, especially Tommy and Lindsay, because she was babysitting them in the original film, if they start dying at the hands of him, again, we talked about it. The, obviously, she cares. She'll probably feel guilt for some of the Haddonfield residents that die in the mob. But if Tommy and Lindsay and maybe even Karen or Allison, I think Karen is the more likely to die out of the two. But if people she has an emotional connection to start dying, it could really set her off. Like instead of crazy mm-hmm. Loomis from H4, 5, and 6, we're going to get crazy Lori. Uh, and Allison is different too. I wanted to bring up Allison because, you know, I... I've gone back and I've watched that scene where Michael turns her arm around and he goes to stab her and she yells, do it. Why is she yelling, do it? Why? Like there has, he killed her dad. He did kill her dad in the 2018 movie. And I mean, I guess, yes, that is enough of an emotional uh catalyst right yeah to to find this like crazy inner strength and to just be like i don't even care go but it just seems kind of like lori like lori has lived with this for 40 years and lori Mm -hmm. is still kicking and fighting and trying to like make it and out for allison to just be like do it like is, is she just taunting him does she really mean like i've give up do it I mean, like, what? what is it? I kind of feel like she's probably taunting him um, because he killed her dad and because he's almost killed her grandmother, uh, what, three times now, plus her mom. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, there. I feel like there has to be a reason for Allison to take on this, like, new emotional drive and strength that we see her have in this movie. You know, because Allison looks like she's ready to go. I mean, like she cocks the shotgun. She's standing there and the like the there's a group behind her like, holy crap. You know, I mean, she just, she looks like she's she mean she means business. business. Yeah, she looks, she, she looks like she's ready for war. Just mm-hmm. like uh, just like uh, Lori. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how we could best answer that. I mean, well, and I don't know. Weird. You see you see how it is with like. Uh, you see how our generation is mainly like. You see how our generation is doing with this whole uh, uh, climate with the whole inequality kind of thing. You see how much we're being vocal and standing up for, uh, I guess, oppression. Yeah, the best way I could put it broadly. And you see how our generation is being more forthcoming with it and we're being more vocal and active on it. I think it's kind of like putting that play on, putting that play on. Calling uh, on out her, things that are wrong. Well. Yeah, and it's like yeah. taking taking a stand and like putting see that. their own. I can see that. Like, like carrying that responsibility on behalf. Yeah, and I could see that as her. I don't know. I think it's I... more like a. It's like a blind. I don't want to say blind. I don't want to say blind, but yeah, it's like a a blind drive. Yeah. To fight the 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 coming of Michael Myers, and yeah. I don't think she totally grasped how supernatural michael myers is you know what i mean like she probably still thinks of him as like just this crazy serial killer that just 
set loose. But Whoa. instead, Laurie understands that Michael Myers is not just a crazy serial killer. He is a supernatural uh, force that's come about this town. You know what I mean? Like, she has the same yeah. mentality as the mob. I don't know. You Like, it's interesting with Allison because Laurie is different. You know, Laurie, uh, he came after Laurie in the original. Again, doesn't matter why. He just, he did. Mm-hmm. He right, Wrong place, wrong time. He saw her. That was it. Um, Laurie, not only did she survive him, she found her friends dead. Mm-hmm. She was trying to take after, uh, take care of Tommy and Lindsay during that time. Uh, he almost killed her a few times in the original movie. Uh, plus, she's lived with the PTSD and trauma for the last 40 years. Tommy and Lindsay were kids when they saw him. I mean, to a kid, that would be terrifying. Um, Marion actually, you know, was with Loomis when he escaped. She was his nurse, or she was the nurse with Loomis. I mean, these people have an emotional attachment and an emotional connection to fuel their anger, you know? Before mm-hmm. the events of the last two or three hours, because you have to remember, Halloween 2018 probably took place between like seven and nine o'clock. And Halloween Kills is probably going to take place between like 10 o'clock and what, 1 a.m.? Midnight, would you say? Yeah, something like 10 that. a.m. Yeah. or 10 p.m. 10 a.m. 10 p.m. and midnight or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Allison never really had any like interaction or a, a real connection or emotional reason to hate him. Like he, he was never, he was just the guy that, you know, her grandmother talked about for a long time. Um, and if her character really balls up, which again, the trailer makes it look like she's going to, there's got to be a reason. Like there's mm-hmm. got to be a reason, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe he kills Cameron, and that cut before uh, before Allison does that. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe, um, but, but I'm I'm uh, definitely gonna go with the uh, naive anger or something like that because it's yeah. like I think it's just I think it just hurt that generation just wanting to stand up for uh, wanting to stand up against the uh, evil right. force, and I think she has. I think she's gonna she's she's gonna be the one that's personifying the mob mentality. Yeah. Like yeah. she's gonna be the driving force of that mob mentality. And I think she won't really realize Jeez, that was loud. That was a firework. Oh. That scared the crap out of me. I'm not gonna lie. Made me jump. Happy fourth, guys. Fuck Happy you, fourth. King George. America. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think uh, I'm uh. excited to see uh Allison, Lori, and I forget the mother's name. Karen. Karen. I, I I like I would like to see different attitudes towards Michael Myers through those three generations. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, do you think her dad dying is enough of a catalyst for her to be like, let's do it. Let's go. Because I mean, dude, she's taunting Michael, Michael! Myers. Like mm-hmm. uh it's like <laughs> you know. Do you, do you, know, do you know what I think about? This, this makes me think of uh, uh, World at War. Do you remember that? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. You remember how like uh, they run into like the actual battle? They run into one of the little skirmishes between the army and the aliens. And yeah. Tom Cruise's son just immediately starts running towards the battle. It's like, I want right. to see. I want to be a part of this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I got to help. I, that kind of that kind of reminds me of the way Allison's probably going to take it into effect. It's like there's a battle going on, there's a well, fight, 
and, and I want to be a part of it. Didn't his kid in War of the Worlds want to go into the military, though? He wanted to be a soldier? I don't know. But I just remember that scene right there where it was just instant. It yeah. was just instant instinct. Like, you kind of go with your gut. This. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a part of this. And I think that's where Allison's going to be. I think that's where Allison's going to take a part in. It's yeah. like that naive sense of wanting to fight without really grasping the 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 weight of the situation as compared to Lori, who has well prepared herself is a veteran of michael myers and has has a full grasp of what he can do and obviously uh karen right yes yes karen Karen? Karen. as karen she's more like i don't i never wanted any part of this i want to stay away from it completely and uh, that's going to be a foil with uh allison's uh attitude which is wanting to go straight forward into the into the fire well and obviously there's going to be a little bit of uh allison probably feels a little bit of like because i mean she even says it in the trailer she says you know my grandmother was right the boogeyman was real because there's Mm -hmm. a scene in halloween 18 where um where allison's like you know forget michael like it it's over like he's like give it up like it's done stop stop prepping stop doomsday prepping you know like it he's never gonna come back and her mom was taken i mean karen was taken away from Lori when she was a kid uh because Lori was so like training her to use guns and had a fight and like you know obviously uh child protective services does not like that very much uh fucking liberals so god so uh anyways uh i mean yeah there, there was a little bit of denial from karen and allison and of course now that they've seen him and now that it's like well holy crap she was right there's probably a little bit of like okay we need to batten down the hatches and do this thing like we need to stop mm-hmm. him so i i would kind of agree with that um and honestly last thing i wanted to touch on here i know i said that before but uh you know earlier on in the show we talked about this a little bit, we touched on it, but uh, there needs to be more exposition from our returning characters, specifically the survivors from 1978. And, you know, we talked about this with Allison and, Car- or Allison and Karen and Lori a little bit and their kind of emotional drive here. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, let's think about the people returning from 78. Uh, Marion, Marion Chambers, who was with Loomis when Michael escaped, uh, she says he's the essence of evil in the trailer, which sounds Loomis-y. Uh, and I, honestly, Marion was the character that Loomis would have been closest to. Like, out of all of the original characters, he would have been closest to her. Uh, I think it would be kind of cool if maybe even in her a little bit of exposition and what we learned from her in the movie, maybe her and Loomis even got together. I don't know. That might be stupid. That, I don't know. I don't know. But she would have information I, I on think Loomis. Would, yeah, I think... Uh, he might have been way too get, young and, for him. I don't know. And and her... I know, right? You're already thinking a little, a little, too, yeah. a little too freaky with Loomis that. was probably, but what, think, 40, late 40s, early 50s in the original? Maybe? Yeah, I'd say so. But then know. again, you know, <laughs> I don't know what it is, yeah. But uh, I was going to say, through her exposition within this movie, I would like to see more... I'd like to know more about what <laughs> Dr. Loomis's experience was 
after the events of after 1978 the, the right yeah yeah, yeah because... like, i want to know like what information did he give uh her and what has he done to like at least teach yeah society of this absolute monster well and we'll partially have to wait to see how the flashback goes because we know here are the facts <laughs> we know yeah, that loomis shot him off the balcony and when loomis looked down he was gone that's the end of the first film and we know from the beginning of 2018 that he was captured the same night it didn't go years away and he was captured he was captured the same night in 1978 so the flashback mm-hmm. is going to kind of fill in the gap in between the original and where he's captured um and i'm assuming that's where our loomis cameo is going to come in uh yeah but what happened after he was captured did did marion stay with loomis as his nurse did loomis stay did was michael still loomis's patient after that um you know did loomis still try to reach him or what was the deal uh there is the little uh there's the snippet in halloween 2018 where loomis is on the cassette tape and he's like you know i suggest termination like inject him whatever and then burn his body and, and they're like no he what does he say he's like he's like when his pro when his primary life function is have extinguished my ear on his chest to verify that there's no life or whatever he says and then he's like you know burn his body or whatever loomis is serious like loomis wanted him wiped off of the face of the earth uh so i'm i honestly that's kind of what i'm looking forward to most which from I'm, marion's character which i'm like, still so surprised by that honestly you know what i mean what do you mean like that loomis was like no the fact oh. that this michael myers just wasn't like killed off he, instead of just being held in a fucking mental hospital i mean yeah. take a look at take a look at ted bundy they fucking juiced him up after what several several kills that he's but made? to be several fair murders? he only kills like four or five people in the original i think it's what four is that not enough bob where was where was i need to know where was where was this where's hatton kills from illinois hadn't illinois? illinois small town they must illinois. have had the death penalty they must have had the death penalty. Let's be honest. That was in 1978. Yeah, they must. Smith Gross Warren there. County Sanitarium. They must have. I don't. And I. I, don't I know. Well, they I didn't. Mean, that's one thing. For that's whatever one thing reason, I'll they never didn't. understand. I want. I want to see Doctor Loomis because obviously this Doctor Loomis I fucking love because he's more gun ho on like fucking. For those of you who don't and, know, Miguel couldn't stand uh, Doctor Loomis in the Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, he's a he's a he was a fucking twat. But I want to see more uh in the flashbacks. I want to see Dr. Loomis like fight to have him killed. And I want to see the idiocy of Haddonfield's government like saying, I mean, no, that we're not gonna kill him. We're gonna keep him here and study him or some yeah. bullshit like that. How you well, would like how you because how you would with like the whole like Jurassic Park thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like instead of killing it off, they just decided to capture it and study it. It's like, no, that's a killing machine. Fucking destroy it. Yeah. I want to see a scene like that. I mean, I don't know. Marion, I Marion, uh again, the thing that I think I'm most looking forward to about having her in the film is the fact that she is kind of a way, even though he is in the flashback, but I kind of feel like they may be a little bit limited into what they can show with the flashback because you don't want to screw up 
Donald Pleasance's character. You know what I mean? You don't want to. I, I don't. I don't know if they're gonna CGI him. I don't know if they're gonna. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I mean, I don't know if they got to look alike. I have no idea. But uh, they did it to my boy Paul Walker, and they did it to my girl Carrie Fisher. I mean, I know. Well. I don't. I, I guess they could. They very well could. But uh, having Marion in the movie could be a way of having Loomis in the movie without having Loomis in the movie. You know what I mean? Because of the information yeah. she could have on him. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Tommy and Lindsay. What did Tommy? I mean, Tommy and Lindsay were kids. Lori was babysit, baby, baby, babysitting, babysitting, babysitting them. But what did they remember? You know, what what did Tommy and Lindsay remember? Did did they have the same kind of like trauma from it that Lori did? Remembering him walking up the stairs and turning when Tommy screamed or whatever. I mean, do, like, did they remember that? Uh, obviously, Tommy looks pretty pissed. Anthony Michael Hall's character looks. He's got the baseball bat. He looks like he's ready to start swinging. <laughs> yeah, he swung. He swung at a poor guy's car. I like. I know. I still. I. Like, that's I another scene. I've. That's another scene I've rewatched. I'm like, why is he hitting the car? Like, what? Yeah, is he, just, is he angry? Like, that was, like, what's going on? If that was my car. If that was my car and I saw someone do it, I'd be like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Listen, <laughs> I know you're mad at the serial killer, but that's my that's my Astro van. Don't fuck up my Astro van, guy. You're paying for this now. Could you imagine a whole group of people? They're out looking for this mass murderer, and they're trying to find him and kill him or whatever. And he hits he hits somebody's car, and it's like, whoa, 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 Tommy. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's Alexis. Calm down. Why yeah. don't you don't hit Alexis? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like what the fuck? It made no sense for me for me to see him hit that. Let's hit not that go car. too far here. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> they're out here trying to hunt a human being down i know right and forbid he hits alexis i mean to be fair they're trying to hunt a psychopath human being down though yeah but i'm glad i'm glad there's still uh you know morals <laughs> left in this story i guess <laughs> there's still priorities left you know yeah and also lonnie uh now this may be kind of a spoiler alert semi-alert but i guess not really because let me think we did see Lonnie. We in a couple of the flashback scenes we've already gotten glimpses of. Um, the teaser when the movie was delayed. Uh, is it that one? What teaser is it? No, it's the longer one. It's the the net the one that they call the next Halloween teaser. Uh, Lonnie is it's a brief, 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 brief snippet of Lonnie running down the street, and he's he's got like his trick or treat thing, and he's looking behind him. Uh, and there's a still of Michael, and it's Michael. It's it's flashback Michael. Like the mask is solid white before it got all crinkly and decayed and whatever. And Lonnie is walking down the street, probably after Loomis just said, "Lonnie, get your ass away from there." In that scene, uh, but I mean, obviously, it it's Lonnie. Like hundred percent, it's Lonnie. And uh, I mean, I, his character is going to have a pretty big part of the flashback. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, I, why? Like, I wonder why. Is he going to have a memory of, I mean, did he have a run-in with Michael after Michael got shot off of the roof and, you know, whatever? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm very curious about the characters that are returning from 1978. Because obviously, Halloween 2018 was all about Lori and her trauma and mm -hmm. how it affected 
her and her family. But yeah, the reason that I say that Halloween Kills should be more focused on the 1978 survivors and the mob is because we know Lori's side of it. Save Lori for ends. I want to hear how Tommy and Lindsay and Marion and Lonnie and uh, who else is a returning character? That might even be it. I don't know. But I, I want to hear how it affected them. Like, I want to see their emotional drive to want to kill this homeboy, you know? This homeboy. I, I, <laughs> this homeboy. This hombre. <laughs> like, I want to I wanna know why they... Uh, I want to know why, what's fueling them other than uh, the fact that they don't want to go, that then they don't want kids nowadays to go through this, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my take on it. Uh, I mean, you got anything else to add before we hop off here? I think we've made it through pretty much I everything. Mean, no, I mean, as for someone that's like not too well known into the Michael Myers lore, I mean, I can't give any type of perspectives as to what we want to see from a Halloween fam. I mean, only from like a general audience. I mean, you're getting, you're getting the opinions of a general audience member that's going to watch this movie. And pretty much my general consists of what I want to see is just, you know, I want to see like an all out search party or slash war between Michael yeah. Myers. And I would love to see a moment where it's a group of people it's like a it's like a group standing off in front of michael like i would love to see that like michael right. myers turning turning a corner and there's like a group of like six people just staring i think him we're down. gonna get that i really do i would love i would love to see that or at least like or like obviously that wouldn't happen but like i want to see a part where michael myers has turned the corner and they're like a good distance away yeah. And he sees a group and the group sees him and they run after him. Michael Myers, you know, peeks through the corner and hides off and then picks him off one by one, you know, Rambo style. Like, because I mean, you know, you Rambo, know Rambo Michael. Just, yeah, Rambo Michael. We're going to see that. We're going to see him like when Karen, realize. when Karen rips the mask off of him and she's like, come get it. It's going to be Sylvester Stallone standing under there. <laughs> He'll be standing there think, in the doorway like, what? <laughs> mm -hmm. I think, I think one thing we can honestly mention is, uh, Maybe the fact that uh that she, the fact that she grabs her grabs a mask. I think he's like I think she was like luring him into a group. She is. It could be a, yeah. Well, I think she's doing two things there, from what I understand. Um, Obviously, I think she's from being yeah. Merged. She's trying to save her daughter, but she's also trying to lure him out of the house and into probably a the bigger street. group of people. Um, I I do think, and I've minor spoiler alert possibly maybe i've heard things um and i've said from day one i think allison is or not allison i think karen is the most likely to die i really do um and i almost believe that may be her death scene i think it Could might be. be i think it might be or close to it mm -hmm. i think i think again i haven't read the script i don't know for sure it's kind of my guess. I kind of, I feel like if you take his mask, he's like, well. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the same. <laughs> Here we go. It's the same. It's, it has the same parallel as like the fucking uh, uh, podcast people. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The journal Investigative the journalists. journalists. And, yeah, exactly. It's, it's the same <laughs> parallel. It's like him holding the mask. It's like oh my God, you're holding his. What? 
You're good. Keep going. Keep going. I was gonna say. I was gonna say like the parallels between those two. It's like if you hold Michael's main source of power, you know, his mask is, is like his sense of identity, obviously. Yeah. If you hold that, that's a, pretty much a essence for you to hold that. You're holding that power yeah. that Michael needs. That mask is like a character in and of itself. It is. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, what's his name? I forget. Captain Kirk. Yeah, it is. It's William Shatner. <laughs> yeah. William it, Shatner. it quite literally is. Uh, how terrible, God, how, how, freaking awful terrifying would it be if karen like she's like come get it and michael literally stops on the porch and he's like <laughs> and just starts being <laughs> that would be awful uh but yeah man i i think this movie is going to be great um and again these five things are broad but they're five things that i that we think uh, will really put it over the edge. A bigger mm-hmm. score, more exposition from our 1978 characters, a focus on the mob, things like that. Um, you know, more stalking cat-like behavior from Myers. Kind of equate the the 78 Myers and the uh, um, the 2018 Myers because again, in 1978 he was a lion. He he would stalk you for. I mean, he stalked Lori literally the entire afternoon and slowly picked off all of the people close to her before he got to her. I mean, he was mm-hmm. patient. Um, this version of Michael is just like kill, 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 and it w- there really wasn't very much suspense. And I mean, there were very few moments in the 2018 film where I was like. Oh my God, what's he going to do? You know? And I kind of want to, even though we know this is going to be like straight up carnage and brutality, I hope there is a little bit more suspense and a little bit more of that, like, I'm waiting in the shadows for you kind of thing, you know? Yeah. You had said last week, you don't know if there's going to be, though. You were like, what, I don't know. I you were like, I don't know if there's going to be very much like stalking and like waiting for people in this one. <laughs> you were like, I feel like he's just going to be like, well, you die and you die and you're going to die too. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I mean, yeah. Now that I think about it, I could see that. I think with it could be like a whole like Kill Bill sequence where he's just like taking people one on one. Let's be honest. You see what you saw. I, you know, it'd be awesome if we saw more of that. Uh, more of the firefighter scene like him taking on like a group of three a group of four and just people are just like becoming again it's what i mentioned like throughout this movie like his fear is going to resonate throughout the town and i think what may happen is he meets a couple more uh groups of the mob and they go after him and he takes Mm -hmm. them down one by one and maybe there's a survivor that gets away and meets yeah. up with the rest of the group and they're like dog yo <laughs> kicked our ass yeah. he kicked our ass i don't know what to do guys yeah like he, he took down three of us i don't know i'll tell you so. what i need to show you halloween 4 which is obviously one of the original sequels but there's is this that the same... one where it's like is that the scene where it's like trick-or-treat motherfucker or something like that no god that's yeah. one direction no that's in the deep dark skid marks of the franchise we're we're gonna save that for the very end uh <laughs> that we're getting into rob zombies halloween 2 territory with the mm-hmm. resurrection no I, h4 kind of has the same not mob mentality. it's not quite the extent that halloween kills is taking it um but 
basically Michael wipes out the police force. Uh, and uh, there's kind of like a, a mob vigilante group that kind of is going after him. And it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing, but not. Um, and again, mm-hmm. I would almost kind of think, I, I would like to think that Halloween Kills was almost loosely inspired by not only H4 and that whole vigilante justice thing, but also that scene in the original Halloween 2 from 1981, where the cops show up at his house, at the abandoned Myers house, and there's a crowd of people throwing rocks through the windows, and they're like screaming and chanting, and like, it's it's like this small town uh you know, it's like small town vigilante justice. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the scene in uh, Spider-Man from 2002 when uh, the the guy's like, you pick on one of us, you pick on all of us. When he's talking to Will. Joey Diaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of someone else. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know who the actor was, but. Oh, no. I'm talking about Spider-Man 2 where like oh. Doc Ock comes in no, and no, Joey yeah. Diaz is like, yeah. Same thing, but not not the not the scene I was talking about. I'm talking about it, just, at the end when MJ's dangling in the uh mm-hmm. the the little car thing. I don't even know what it is. The I forgot what it's called. We did one in New York, but anyways. The gondola or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. But guys, I totally that is that. gonna do it, I think, for uh for episode twenty-eight of let's talk movies thanks so much for joining us tonight um we that was a that was a lot of conversation <laughs> we just talked a lot about a whole bunch of different things please tell us what do you want to see most from halloween kills what do you want to see come out of the movie uh and comment down below let us know your thoughts on the stuff that we talked about tonight uh new episodes of let's talk movies and let's talk movie news drop on mondays and fridays at 8 p.m eastern standard time in video form on youtube on in audio form on spotify apple google Podcasts, everywhere else you listen to podcasts we are on twitter instagram and tiktok at we talk the movies and uh we will be back with episode 29 of let's talk movies next monday we're talking marvel versus dc we're going to take a halloween kills break for a little bit uh and we're going to talk marvel versus dc and that is going to be a fun time deep inside wholeheartedly it's going to be a good time uh be sure to follow us on social media because we're going to be dropping a couple things throughout the week uh where we're going to have you guys vote and stuff so this is going to be it's going to be a really cool episode uh and then uh we'll have let's talk movie news on friday night so thank you guys so much for listening Hope you had a great 4th of July. Have a great work week and we will see you. Bye.